Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. So how about a day of actual progressive truths and and pushing back on some of the con lies out there? Do you think that the fervent Trump supporters are merely badly misinformed people who have spent too much time watching Fox or listening to right-wing hate radio, or are they actually deplorables? Are they actually people that you would not want to hang out with ever under any circumstance? You know, basically bullies, people with an authoritarian streak, people with personality disorders. Or are they actually sadistic? There's a piece over at Raw's Story published by John Storr, the headline conservative evangelicals. Now, that's that particular slice of the Trump voters. We'll get to other slices in just a moment. Aren't hypocrites, he says. It's worse than that. He says the reason they support a fascist president is simple. They're sadists. I'm not talking about like sadism in the sexual context. I'm talking about sadism in the context of people who get pleasure out of inflicting pain on other people who they think deserve the pain. Now, the they think deserve the pain is pretty important. And he says, these are sadists. He says, for example, punishment for being gay is divine justice in the minds of these conservative evangelicals. From such so-called justice comes pleasure, which is sadism. Richard Rorty wrote a book about this. It's called Achieving Our Country. And he pointed out that Southern apartheid, racism, misogyny, and back in the day, slavery were all socially acceptable forms of sadism. As Adam Serwer wrote for The Atlantic when he was writing about Trump putting children in cages and Republicans supporting Donald Trump in doing this, he said, cruelty is the point. The goal of this article and of Rorty's book was to make socially acceptable sadism less socially acceptable. So he's, he's arguing that, you know, hey, they're, they're sadists. How can people kind of overlook the fact that Donald Trump created a fake charity, which he got busted for in New York State. He used that fake charity to bribe Pam Bondi, who was then the attorney general for the state of Florida, to stop her lawsuit against his fake university. After he gave her a whole pile of money from his fake charity, she dropped the charges. 
And meanwhile, we've got this, uh, you know, this impeachment thing going. Star Wars actor Daisy Ridley recently said that people who continue to blindly support Trump are not fully sane. She said everyone has an issue with Trump, every sane person anyway. Daisy Ridley, big star of Star Wars. She's British, I believe. You know, painting with such a broad brush is kind of tough. There's an interesting op-ed about this by Frank Vian Walton over at Daily Kos. But he points out that all the Republicans believe are lies and BS, that they're rife with the disease of delusion, and that the Republicans have lost their damn minds. Donald Trump, for example, derisively speaks about people who disagree with him. He's a serial liar. He's a bore. He's an admitted sexual assaulter. He says very fine people agree with Nazis or are Nazis. He has separated over 5,000 children from their parents. Seven of them have died. Our internment camps are now leading to deaths. How long before we start, what, building cremation chambers in them? You know, Trump was in communication with WikiLeaks and Guccifer through Roger Stone during the election, coordinating the release of these hacked emails. He falsely claims that Ukraine has possession of the DNC server. He and Giuliani are doing this sham investigation of Joe Biden. This is all serious stuff. You know, I told this story a while ago. In our neighborhood, or, or down the road from us, a friend had a dinner party and somebody mentioned that somebody had committed suicide with a gun and said guns should be regulated. And another person freaked out and stormed out and said, liberals want to take away your guns. Uh, a Trump supporter, it's like they got triggered. These people are like snowflakes. But is that because they're badly misinformed? I mean, this person is, I, I know him. I think he's a decent person. But whoa, right? Or... Are some or all or a majority of the Trump supporters, you know, merely people who are like in the ride for the sadism? Are they going along with this because they think, yeah, sure, hey, you know, let's make those people hurt. Is that the point? I mean, they're certainly making people hurt. We're seeing an explosion of anti-Semitism. We're seeing more murders of Jewish people than, than I recall in my lifetime. We're seeing brown people being put in cages in the southern border. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Why? This is the Tom Hartman Program. I mean, I guess that's the really the big question. Why? I mean, Jen Seiko's father, remember the brainwashing of my dad, that movie? He turned into like this curmudgeon, but he was a decent person underneath. Hey guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. 
Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TOM, T-H-O-M. Just pay five bucks shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back. So, you know, the question, who really deep down inside are these Trump supporters? Or should we trust in the essential goodness of all humanity? Or are there some uh, sociopaths and sadists among us? And are they at the core of the hardcore Trump support, much as happened with the early fascist movements in Franco's Spain and Mussolini's Italy? And, uh, of course, Hitler's uh, Germany. Last night, Louise and I watched that documentary over on Amazon Prime. It's called European Fascism. Steve, somebody or other, uh, puts the thing on. It's fascinating. Oh, and also, I wanted to mention, Louise and I went to see the movie Harriet, about Harriet Tubman, the woman whose picture was supposed to be on the $20 bill this year, and Donald Trump canceled that, remember? Uh, Harriet, this movie is absolutely mind-boggling. You've got to go see this movie. I mean, I thought I knew the history of Harriet Tubman. Boy, do I. It is so moving. This is such a powerful movie. It's called Harriet. And it's in theaters right now. And uh, take your family. You know, take your kids. I mean, it's it's got some tough parts, but it's not. There's nothing obscene about it or uh, I'm not sure what its rating is, but I would feel comfortable having anybody go to it. So anyhow, Mike in Hope Sound, Florida. Hey, Mike, thanks for listening to SiriusXM. What's up? Tom, thanks so much, and I like the question. I, I consider myself an expert on the Trump supporter because I have uh, friends and family. When you talk about what kind of people these are, are they basically are they mean-spirited? Yes. Are they sadistic? Yes. You can make a list, but I could say, you know, sadism, fascism, Christian terrorism, homophobes. You could probably pin every one of them to one or more of these. And even the ones who don't match this, my bottom line is these people will vote for those traits. They may or may not think they're good people. They definitely think they're good people. But let me tell you something. They are not. Are you talking about friends and family here, Mike? That's right. I have a brother who I don't speak to anymore. And let me give you an example. The reason I don't speak to him anymore is not because of two or three years of Trumpism, which he is, but it's because of 20 or 30 years of conspiracy theory mindedness. In other words, the Trumpism didn't surprise me. Mm. But after 20 or 30 years dealing with lies and dealing with this kind of mean-spirited nonsense and actually self-loathing because he's hurting himself by supporting this nonsense, if you don't shun these people, if you don't confront them, if you don't walk away from them, What if we're going to end up in this country? And I honestly fear this, that we're going to have to make a decision. And I'm talking about truth seekers. We're going to have to actually talk about dividing this country up. And I don't say that in a depressed way or or trying to solve this. But we've let them run all over this country. We've let Mitch McConnell steal SCOTUS picks. Once you let them in like that, you better start talking about dividing the country up. No, well, you can't like physically divide the country up, Mike, if, if well, you know, if 10 percent of the population I, are deep I, down inside I, sadists and now they have a political expression for it. Used to be they just well, acted out their sadism in the workplace by snarling at but, their fellow workers. 
well, let me or, say or, this. Or, or being brutal to their spouses. Excuse me. Well, let me say this. You cannot divide the country up. I don't say that realistically. But what you can't let happen is to let them seep into the culture and into the and to gain power until there is no country left and the, until the yeah. Constitution is no. Well, that's now, the story you, of Viktor Orban's Hungary. That's the, the story yeah. of Duterte's that's Philippines. Exactly right. That's the story of, of Bolsonaro's Brazil, although he's starting to get yeah. some pushback. Uh, that's certainly, you know, the, the story of Orban's Hungary, if I didn't start there. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 I, and of I, course, that's the story of the rise of fascism in the 30s in Europe. Well, let me remind every listener out there, too, what we have today is not something to compare to McCarthy. I will say this. If McCarthy had been shamed and humiliated, which he was. Ultimately, that's what took him down. That's right. And let's pretend that then he went on to run for president with Roy Cohn or Richard Nixon as his vice president, and he won. That's what happened in 2016. We had a man who was humiliated and continued to push you know, birther and, and nonsense, and was elected by the people. If 1952 America knew that McCarthy was a joke, and 2016 America doesn't realize that Trump is dangerous and a joke, we're in a lot of trouble, like you said about these election scams. Yeah, well, and I, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm agreeing with Go you, ahead. Mike. That we're in a lot of trouble. I, you know, and <laughs> uh, it's uh, the question is what to do about it. I mean, you know, traditionally, what there simply wasn't a space in either major party for mm-hmm. bigots and hateful people, by and large. I mean, you know, there was a kind of it was there and it was suppressed. I mean, obviously the segregationists and people like that, but their rhetoric at least was sounded. It wasn't like they were celebrating sadism. It was almost like they were apologizing for it or something like that. It's just, well, but now it it's being celebrated, which means that young people or people who are just like on the edge, just a little marginally mm-hmm. sadistic, they just like to kick their dog. Now suddenly they feel empowered and they've come out fully and they're out on the streets and they're everywhere mm-hmm. and, and it's turned That's into right. a movement basically. Mike, I got to move right. along, but thank you for the call. Okay. Thanks for your thank observations. You, Good talking to you, Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, Tom, not too much. Hey, I oppose Trump supporters politically so much. I'm almost reluctant to tell them this, but I could really help them if they would listen, because I kind of went through the same thing in my career when George Bush was president. You're talking about the 25 years you served in military intelligence? Yes. And it was during Bush's second term, my career really plummeted downhill. But luckily, I had enough time in, I could retire. Okay, Mm -hmm. But anyways, that's another thing. I know you're familiar with the Stanford prison experiment, right? And yeah, well, you um, might want to recap it in a sentence or two for our listeners. Yeah. Are you talking about the Milgram uh, experiment, the, the progressive shocks? Stanley well, Milgram? No, I'm talking about, no, no, no. I'm talking about Phil, Phil Zimbardo and where he, he argued that fascism just happens if the environment is right. If the uh, environment is correct, people will tend to to go towards what we call fascism or authoritarianism. And it requires a healthy dose of fear and poor economic circumstances. Yes, long story short, Trump voters would be the prison guards, okay? And they would prefer a firm hand for survival reasons, right? Now, 
Having said that, I listen to a lot of right-wing radio. Now, I heard a guy on, I'm not going to say the show, but he was a climate science denier and a Trump supporter, okay? He said he was a scientist. Now, I, I kind of think he just had a college education in uh, chemistry. I don't think he was an actual scientist. But anyways, he was going through the typical talking points, right-wing talking points, right? And he was doing a great job, really, you know? But then it got to, the caller called in about Greta Thunberg, right? And this guy went off the rails. Now, he started becoming very agitated. And instead of saying portend, he started saying poor trend. Poor trend. He got the word wrong. He was just saying it correctly before. And I'm like, aha, I know what that's about. And what it is, it comes down to what we call toxic online disinhibition. Now, there is benign online disinhibition. And I think I have that. I, I have that problem. A little now, bit. disinhibition is what happens when you drink too much. I mean, in the minds of most people, it's, it, you, you lose your inhibition. You're more likely to behave in ways you wouldn't normally. That's, that's what we're talking about here? Yes, and inhibition is evolutionary, all right? And without getting into the whole, yeah. you know, anthropology and everything. No, and it also has to do with growing up. The end point of maturing in your early 20s is when you learn how to inhibit impulses and behaviors fully, and that's typically being an adult. Yes, and it's, it's a survival mechanism. We have inhibitions, even though we don't like them for a reason. Now, when he started uh, rejecting his inhibitions, that's the disinhibition, he started making vocal errors and mistakes, all right? Now, you know, I was thinking about this because Greta Thunberg, what is it about her that agitates Trump and Trump supporters so much? It's because she is not, all right, she suffers from autism. In their mind, in the Stanford prison experiment, she is not accepting her place. She is being uppity for life. Well, she's also a woman and she's 16 years old and she's yes. not a U.S. citizen. She's a foreigner. Well, they're attacking her, and deep down inside, they know it's wrong. Now, I will come to my main point, because I would love to get your take on it. There's a philosopher, Hannah Arendt, who lived mm. through Nazi Germany, okay? Yep. She said that in America, we have a firewall against tyranny. She said basically things that motivate, she called them men of action. We have people that will act on things that other people around the world won't act on, like these concepts of individual liberty and everything. Well, the Trump Trump supporters would be more inclined to take action. Right now, they're acting on an authoritarian impulse. My question to you is, do you believe when push comes to shove, or like I, like I fear Russia and China will take advantage of this, if, if things really, do you think they will default back to preservation of, of, of liberty and, and the tenets this country was founded upon? Or That's... do you believe they will? Go ahead. Uh, you know, or do I believe that we'll just slide into fascism? Is that where you were going? Yeah, or yeah. will they just yeah. say, to heck with it. All my action, I'm going to go towards authoritarianism. Yeah, I'm that's, that's going to be the big question. And, you know, I, I keep reminding people, in 1933, the Great Depression hit the United States and Germany equally hard. Germany maybe even a little harder, you know, because they had lost World War One and they had reparations under the Treaty of Versailles. But basically, you know, we were both being hurt economically. We had FDR, they had Adolf Hitler. And, you know, we all know, the, you know how that worked out, right? It was hitting Italy, too, and they had Mussolini. So 
I think that leadership matters. I think that circumstances matter. I think context matters. And I think that that is probably the strongest argument for doing absolutely everything we can to make sure that no matter who the Democratic nominee is, that person defeats Donald Trump in 2016. And no matter who the, who the, the Democrats may be running in congressional and senatorial races at both the federal and state level, that we do everything we can to get them elected because the Democratic Party at least has not gone insane like the Republican Party has. Dave, thanks for the call. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. So are Trump supporters merely misinformed or are they authoritarians? Are they at their core kind of rough? Nicholas in San Cristobal, Mexico. There was an article about how societies devolve and they, they, they liken the United Kingdom with the United States at this point, both suffering very much the same problems of these low-wage subsets of a very large number of people in the overall population, and how the tax base then decreases to the point where the society can no longer afford to support itself. Right. This is the cancer stage of capitalism. This is the end point of Reaganism. Exactly this is what right. people were predicting when Reagan came along and cut the, the top tax rate from 74% down to 25% and massively cut yeah. corporate taxes. And here we are, 40 years later, the experiment yeah. has been proven. The Reaganomics yeah. is an absolute or libertarian economics or trickle-down economics or conservative economics or whatever you want to call it yeah. is a complete Absolutely. disaster for average Americans. Complete. And, complete and a disaster. spectacular success for the people who That's put right. Ronald Reagan in the White House and who continue to right. basically control most of our political system, certainly all of the Republican Party. Yeah, well said, Nicholas. Thank you. Despite, it has been a race to the bottom with wages, and it's disgusting to see. Yeah, amen. Nicholas, thanks a lot for the call. Hey, Nick, what's up? Hey, Tom. This is an excellent question that you raised, or I should say a set of questions that ideally, uh, if we survive long enough over the next uh, 50, 60 years, probably hundreds, if not thousands of books and treatises uh, will be written covering all angles of this. Uh, Obviously, in a brief phone call, I can just cover a few. And uh, I would put it a slightly different way. To really question the idea of what we understand to be evil, can evil actually be truly conscious in the full sense of the word conscious? And I would say the answer is no, and I'm not the first to say that. That's an, it's an old kind oh, of... Go back and read Han- Hannah Arendt, you know, The Banality well, there, of there Evil. You go. There you go. Um, the, the thing is this, the way I see it is that highly motivated, active minorities will always dominate over dispirited, passive, and frightened majorities. So just because... Trump has a relative minority of the population with him doesn't mean that they can't actually, quote, win in terms of the politics and economics of our society. So the solution to that is not for us to become uh, angry or hateful or afraid. The answer is for all of us to understand that the way to defeat and to, to I don't want to use the word fight, the way to respond to Trump, to Trumpism is actually with love. And it's not easy. You know, in in the Christian uh, theology, there's the concept of love thine enemies. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. But that's what's really needed, because the more they drag us in to their world of anger and fear and hatred, 
they feed off, Trumpism feeds off of that. It's but one of the things, Nick, I, I get that. And, I, and, and in principle, I completely agree with you. But did you ever read The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich by William Shearer? Yes, a long, long, long time ago when I was a teenager. There, there's at least 100 pages in that book, I mean, scattered through that book, of his talking about movements that rose up not to fight against Hitler and the Nazis, but to try to, to, to reform them, to try to appeal to them, to try to moderate them, to try to you know, get along and go along for a little while in the hope that they could be reformed. And in the end, most of those people were put to death. I, I take that point. And when I talk about love, I'm not talking about, um, I don't know how to put this. Uh, I'm not talking about something weak uh, or, or tr trying to, like you say, moderate them. So how do you I'm fight Mitch McConnell about, with love, for example? I, okay. I would fight him by, by, by promoting Amy McGrath, the woman who's running against him in the, you know, for the Senate in Kentucky. Right. Pragmatic progressivism yeah. by actually becoming fully involved politically, actively and asserting the evolutionary over um, reacting to the devolutionary. Right. It seems and like that's the strongest thing. In practical terms to hardcore politics. I think that every one of us has unique things that each one of us can do that are homeopathically powerful. No, nothing is too small. Everything counts. If you see somebody at the supermarket line that you know uh, and, and was in high school with you and they start, you know, and they're wearing a MAGA cap and you talk to them, you know, just let them know that you don't approve in, in a loving way, in a kind way. Yeah. And those little actions cumulatively will add up to winning. So if and you see somebody in a MAGA hat, you would say something like, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, you, I, I'm sure you're probably a really nice person, but that that uh, you know that hat and everything that it stands for um, is something that I find really offensive. Is that what you're talking about? Did you notice nobody uses bumper stickers anymore, whether they're pro-Trump or anti-Trump? Oh, it's because people are afraid of their stickers. cars getting keyed or, or you know, rear-ended or whatever. It's, it's, I mean, that's what, that's what it has come to. Nick, i got to move along. I want to get another caller in here, thank but thank you. you for the call. You've made some great points. Mike in Lomita, California. Hey, Mike. Yeah, a couple of universal tendencies. Uh, when I was a child, we had chickens and uh, an egg farm was sort of going on. I noticed that when one of the chicks in the brooder house would get a little speck of blood on them, all the other chicks would start to peck at it until the chick was no more. And uh, being a elementary school uh, age child, I sort of noticed how similar that was to kids and how when one person is an outcast, all the rest of the kids will tend to gang up on them because yeah. they want to be on the winning side. So that's a universal uh, potential for everyone, which plays very well into Nazis and Trumpsters and all Well, and what you're describing characters. is something that we call bullying. Yes, but it's, it comes out as a, a group dynamic. Right. Uh, Right. Yeah. My, and, my, uh, my point, I, you know, I, I remember yeah. Dennis, the bully in my elementary school, you know, and and, uh, you know, who used to terrorize me and a bunch of other kids. But there was he but, had this crowd of people who followed him and right. hung out with him. And, and in fact, I hung out with him for a couple of weeks and and then he turned on me. I mean, it was just it, it was weird. Um, yeah. The other tendency is uh, to uh, lie and yeah. people who uh, don't work at being honest and know that they are dishonest will tend to worship somebody who achieves a position of great uh, respect or 
uh, authority through lying. Oh, by yeah. the way, everybody, moveon.org. Yeah. Uh, impeach Trump rallies. 5.30 p.m., yep. Yeah, absolutely. 5.30 p.m. Not just move on, public citizen. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, yeah, a whole bunch of groups. in on it. Yeah. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. So the question I'm asking is, are Trump supporters deluded, misinformed, good and decent people, or are they, by and large, the authoritarians among us? You know, John Dean wrote this book called Conservatives Without Conscience, and it was based on the work of a previous psychologist who had written a book called The Authoritarians. And John Dean pointed out that about 20% of the population are authoritarians. Most are petty authoritarians. They rule their households like tyrants or their workplaces or things like that. And many of them are authoritarian followers. Like, you know, in their workplaces, they're like the middle manager who constantly is yelling at people and shutting them down and making them feel terrible and humiliating them in front of big meetings and things like that. Some people just get joy out of that. But the authoritarian leaders, that's actually a very small percentage. It's maybe 1% of people who be, can become authoritarian leaders, essentially. And they seek typically positions of power, whether they become police officers or politicians or whatever it may be, politicians is where Trump would fall into that category. Although he was a petty, I'm sure with his family, you know, a petty authoritarian. Joshua in Hollywood listening to KPFK. Hey, Joshua, what's up? The Trump supporters are definitely under some kind of mind control because there's no way that you can see what presidents do. I'm not just talking about Trump. But anyway, and I wanted to say also that guy said that Soren and Green, look up Sinomix, okay? Sinomix. It's been researched. And um, yes, the aborted baby fetuses are going into the food. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Bye. All right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm being punked. I'm assuming I am. Um, but there actually is this thing called human composting, and they're about to legalize it in uh, Washington State. Maybe they already have, which is what burials used to be, basically. You know, grass always you know grew really well in graveyards, but now you can be composted. And you know, if somebody uses that compost and grows vegetables, <laughs> anyway. Jeffrey in Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, De hey Jeffrey. Well, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's up? Yeah, presidential republics, um, especially in Africa and South America, often turn into executive dictatorships and personality cults. And so, on well, South I don't America really as well. The, yeah, the, the GOP as you know. Well, in Europe too, for that matter. I mean, that's that's uh, you know, Orban in Hungary and Duda in uh, Poland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's not just for for presidential republics. I think the the alarming thing, though, if you read. Um, you know, The Fall of Democracy, the book about the, the fall of Weimar by Benjamin Carter Head is two things that the GOP a few years ago realized that they could just lie. They could just sort of invent reality and they could say anything. Right. And they would have the whole artillery of talk radio and also Fox News behind them. But they would also have corporate media and NPR and the so-called liberal media Consistently presenting sides of stories, this false right. relativism, the where two, sides two plus two equals yeah. four and two plus two equals five. And that's a toxic combination because if, if our corporate media and even our so-called liberal media um, are, are not looking and digging for facts rather than presenting everything as some opinion, mm. um, you know, this kind of of toxicity, uh, you know, spreads even even further. So I think... But, you know, I quest, quick question for you. I, I try to say, you know, Gaddafi, um, some 
part of Mugabe. Um, there's some other leaders, but I'm not sure really who to compare him to, because there's also an element of celebrity culture that is unique to us. So what was the question? Well, in terms of, like, who you might compare Trump and his, and his personality cult to, like another leader, um, current leader or somebody in history who behaves like him, because... Yeah. I mean, Gaddafi had a. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go a, to Gaddafi. I, I would compare him to Modi or Duterte uh, or Orban. The difference, and Orban is still holding rallies that pull thousands of people, and he his rallies are very much like Trump's rallies. Um, but the difference is that Trump is not as competent as those guys. Um, which is, in a weird kind of way, the one thing that's probably saving our republic, or at least some fragments of our republic. If Trump had been a competent administrator, in addition to being a sociopath and having narcissistic personality disorder, like these other guys are, then we would be much farther down the road of fascism right now than we are. And my concern is that if he gets reelected, basically the Republican Party is going to close ranks around him, and you're going to end up not with incompetent bumblers in the White House, but rather with some very, very competent people who are just going to aggressively start stripping the institutions of this country. We used to think New Year, New Me. Yeah, right. Uh, more like New Year, New Wrinkles. With every passing year, we all look older. But now that's all changed thanks to this magic in a bottle, Plexiderm Rapid Reduction Serum. It's like you turned back the clock instead of ringing in another new year. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minutes. It's the easiest New Year resolution you'll ever make. All you have to do is apply this powerful serum to problem areas, and within 10 minutes, voila, a new you. And the best part is, there's no surgery or Botox involved. It's all natural. Simply put, I'm blown away by the results, and you will be too. Ring in 2020 with confidence, knowing Plexiderm is going to give you smooth, younger-looking skin in minutes. Best part is, it goes on clear, so nobody even knows you're using it. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use my code HARTMAN with two N's for 50% off plus an additional 10 bucks off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code HARTMAN. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use the code HARTMAN with two N's at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code HARTMAN. Jim in Bellingham, Washington. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind today? I was calling because uh, I think you, you know, there's a a misunderstanding of, of some of the Trump supporters. Uh, I'm thinking of some nearby neighbors that were Obama supporters and then have turned towards Trump. And mainly there's a couple of arguments that the left uses that ring hollow with them, you know, and one is that women only make 75% or something of what a man makes, mm -hmm. and yet their wives are making more than they are now. Mm -hmm. And so on the lower income scale, I think parity's been reached, you know, and that's a win, but it's not being portrayed accurately. And so when you say, oh, privileged white males get more money, it's not bringing. Yeah, but that's not a big enough, you know, the, the, the fact that a government policy may 
try to reduce discrimination against women in the workplace is not the kind of thing that turns an election, Jim. Well, I'm only talking about like the things that you say on your program, you know, women only make 78% of the money, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and they listen to your program and, 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 and then that makes Well, they may not believe that one talking that. point. I mean, you know, I've had a lot of conservatives say, well, that's because women have babies and they, they're in and out of the workforce and blah, 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 blah. And there's actually some truth to that. But there's but, you know, the, the, the simple reality is that broadly speaking, in industry after industry, women not only make less than men, but women are less likely to end up in senior management. Well, there's more women graduating from college now than men. Yes. And that's been the case for so almost a decade. That's a win. Can't, you know, should it highlight that as well. No. But I, I mean, I, so that's one talking point. But I mean, the other one I think you brought up on your show earlier, which is never mentioned, is, is the U.S. life expectancy has gone down. And there's one demographic that accounts for that entire drop. Otherwise, the other ones are going up. Right. It's white and men. Turns out, turns out to be European American men. Yeah. Yeah, in, in particular, white men in red states. I mean, there's there's four states that account for almost ninety percent of the drop in in mortality in the United States, and 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 yeah, and they're all four of them are Republican states where they have not expanded Medicaid. Well, so. yeah. So I mean, I guess there's a point, but they know that, and it's not being addressed. So, yeah. I mean, by the Democratic Party, so they don't feel included, you know, like the Democratic Party. Well, their, their, their life expectancy them, is going the- down because 40 years of neoliberal policy have shifted the social safety net away from them, have shifted the jobs overseas. They're left with basically nothing. And Republicans come along and say, it's Democrats who did this to you. when in fact, it's Reaganism. This is just pure Reaganism that has produced this. You know, I mean, Reagan did the first NAFTA. I mean, it was ultimately George Herbert Walker Bush who negotiated it and finalized the whole treaty deal. But this is Republican policy. Jim, thanks a lot for the call. On the science revolution this week is the real science of Santa Claus. Would you believe it if I told you that Santa was on a psychedelic high? Plus, Ron Jackson is here about the carbon project you should know about. Behold the Trump crime family's disrespect of life and humanity in geeky science. And don't miss the good, the bad, and the very, very ugly, plus the fact of the week letting us know about the end of fish. I wanted to bring you up to date on just a couple of news things. The former Deutsche Bank executive who oversaw Donald Trump's loans, this is from the uh, lawandcrime.com website, has died by suicide. His name was Thomas Bowers. He was the executive who signed off on the controversial loans to Donald Trump back in the day and more recently. Federal investigators have been asking about documents that he may have over at Deutsche. He would have been the gatekeeper for all the financial documents of all the bank's really, really rich people. And uh, he was the head of the Deutsche Bank's U.S. Private Wealth Management Division. This is the guy that Donald Trump and Jared Kushner were getting money from, and he just hanged himself. Meanwhile, we had this election in the U.K., or actually the Brits had this election in the U.K., Jeremy Corbyn, who some have described as Britain's Bernie Sanders, I don't agree with that description, but he is to the left, far to the left, lost. And so people are saying, oh, well, you know, Americans really need to be 
going with the center because, you know, if the Bernie guy lost, then it would be the Joe Biden guy who would win, right? Well, it turns out that the Joe Biden party is called the Liberal Democrats, not the Labor Party. The Labor Party is sort of like a progressive party, and the party that would be closest to the U.S. Democratic establishment would be called the Lib Dems or the Liberal Dems. They got wiped out. Its leader, Joe Swenson, lost her own seat. This is from Kate Aronoff over at The Guardian. Last spring, Nancy Pelosi met with members of Change UK, a collection of labor MPs who quit the party over opposition to its leftward shift. Two of the three members of parliament with whom Pelosi met lost their seats last night. Let's not forget, Democrats lost over 1,000 seats under Obama and handed a rash of state legislatures to Republican trifectas. Wake up. Here's labor policies. Six in 10 people in the UK support labor's policy of free broadband for all. 64% support renationalization of the country's railways and a full 56% back a total decarbonization of the UK economy by 2030. 63% supported a Green New Deal. And those numbers are similar to numbers in the United States. And finally, the Judiciary Committee's report is out, and the Judiciary Committee's report not only says Trump should be impeached, but says he actually committed crimes. His behavior was both constitutional and criminal in character. The report covers multiple federal crimes, including criminal bribery and wire fraud. So, serious stuff. Randy in Ottawa, Iowa. Hey, Randy, what's on your mind today? God, I, I've had this recurring thought. I mean... Exactly what you're talking about, only you're going off in another deal. I've come to the point that a metaphor for the propaganda that the right wing is so devouring and swallowing so easily is Soylent Green. And they will become Soylent, Soylent For, for Green. people who don't know what you're talking about, Soylent Green comes from a novel back in the 60s. You'll have to remind me of the title of it. That Oh, Soylent Green was the title of the novel. Thank you. And, you know, at the end of the book, you discover that the food that everybody was eating, which is called Soylent Green, was actually people. It was people ground up and made into food. So anyhow, back to you, Randy. Uh, The point is that they are consuming information and ideology that is consuming them and consuming our democracy. Mm. And it's just so doggone sad. There's another point I'd like to make about Alan Dershowitz. Did you see Dershowitz on... uh, C-SPAN this morning by any chance? No. I mean, other than Fareed Zakaria's show on CNN yesterday morning, I have not watched TV all weekend, and I just watched a little bit of uh, one of the news shows this morning. I think it was the, oh, it was the Poppy Harlow show. I watched about 15, yeah. 20 minutes of it. So, well, so I'm, I'm Dershowitz, Yeah, go ahead. Dershowitz was saying that he's not Trump's lawyer and he's not paid to. He's just a good American with a good reputation and, and a good mentality right. of doing good is why he would represent Trump and why he's standing up for Trump. But then he turned around to say, pander black voters and saying that black voters should get out and vote while when he's supporting Trump, he's for denying black voters and the poor to vote. And when it comes to you know what I'm saying, voter suppression. Was it Dershowitz who said that when he was getting massages by the girls that Jeffrey Epstein had uh, solicited or had brought into his house that he always kept his underwear on? Wasn't that Dershowitz? Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Well, I'm not sure if it was Dershowitz or if it was some other famous lawyer. It might have been somebody else. Now, Jeffrey Epstein did come up today in that conversation. He did about an hour on C-SPAN. Uh, so, uh-huh. but the, he, 
he really doesn't have credibility, Tom. He's speaking for all this freedom, and I think basically what it boiled down to is he didn't use these words, but it's an illegal search and seizure that there's this is a violation of the president's rights, and he's so wrong because he doesn't recognize all the wrongs that come with the right wing and uh, uh, their their ability to shape our political future with deeds from the past like Powell Doctrine and Winiski and, and all these other cats. So I don't want to take up too much time, sir. I just thought I'd touch base and wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too, Randy, and appreciate the call. And I think you're spot on on your observations. It's always nice to hear from you. Corky in Rochester, New York. Hey, Corky, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's on your mind today? Hello, Tom. Yeah, I'm contemplating. How does Trump pay a 42% of the vote? I figured it out. Because the economy for the lower and middle class is so bad, and all his promises of fruits of the tree keep dragging in more people. Yeah. Yeah, whenever anybody says, you know, a Trump supporter says the economy is great, I think the, you know, the appropriate rebuttal is while you're trying to pay for your medications and, and your rent is going up and, and your pay is not, the stock market sure has exploded. You, you get a piece of that action? And typically, I think the answer would be no. Yeah, well, that's the problem because we don't point that out. You know, and he what he does with the farmers, he gives them subsidies. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, no I got other it. president. Did. I got it. I got it. Corky, thank you. Thank you. Good, good points all. Robbie in Portland. Hey, Robbie, what's up? First, when you brought up Thomas Bowers at the beginning of the show, uh, the lawyer from Donald Trump who suicided himself. Yeah, uh, you've met. I, I think you forgot to mention he was also Epstein's lawyer. For those that don't believe in conspiracy, oh really? Uh, was he a? Yeah, but he was. He yeah, was. A, he worked as a as a banker, I mean, you know, or he worked for Deutsche for Bank. Deutschland Bank, yeah, exactly. He was Epstein's lawyer, and I think he suicided himself about a week or a week and a half ago, but uh, yeah, to the, the whole it was several weeks thing, ago. it was kind of funny. I wanted to say another caller had brought up, you know, the conspiracies, and it's weird that in our day and age, in our world, the word conspiracy, it's if I were to bring up just the word conspiracy, people kind of automatically think it's not real, which right. is really weird to me because, uh, anyway. But, uh, well, I'll it's a crime. I mean, I, I think, you know, Trump engaged in a criminal conspiracy to, to defraud the American people and yeah. the Ukrainians. Exactly. It's just the very notion of the word has been altered to, uh, you know, the mass media. I feel well, like. you attach so, the I word theory to the end of it. And, and, and yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. It becomes a pejorative. Yeah. It, um, we need to I'll replace to the, the word. I'll get to the question. Yeah. I'll get to the question. Uh, Trump's uh, the voters. Are they all bad? I actually speak a lot to them. I, I think I mentioned before I confront Joey Gibson out here at the Patriot Prayer every time that he comes down to one of the rallies. I always make it an effort to go down there. And basically, and this is what I wanted to tell you, is, is I don't think all of them are bad. I don't believe all Trump voters are bad. I think a lot of them are misled. I think a lot of them, you know, as you know, you know, a lot of them succumb to fear. A lot of them are just working class people that, you know, you have that a person like Joey Gibson come out on a stage and say, you know, hey, this person, they're taking your job. This is why you're working harder. This is why you don't have money, you know, and then they just right. get misled. So that's why I think it's actually really critical to engage with these Trump voters. And, and what I use, and uh, I don't expect everybody to believe in God or preach Bible, but I do, I would recommend anybody, you know, who has that Trump uh, uncle or the Trump family member that they're going to have to encounter, go read up some quick Bible verses. Radical Christianity is a subreddit. You can learn so much 
which points out, you know, word for word, the hypocrisy of the right when they claim to be for either it's patriotism or American freedom. You know, we can use the tools and the ideology that they have against them to wake them up just a little bit and find those people who are just being. Yeah, just read Matthew 5 through 7 and Matthew 25. <laughs> it's, it's all right there, the Sermon on the Mount and, and uh, you know, the story, the parable of the goats and the sheep. Robbie, thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you. Michael in Denver. Hey, Michael, what's on your mind today? Good morning, uh, Tom. Hey, Michael. Uh, yeah, I called up and uh, I just said that it's a question of memory for me. In my opinion, it has a lot to do with memory. What are you Let talking just about? Tell you. Well, uh, I'll pose this to you. I have a relative. I'm of I'm of Cuban, amongst other <laughs> nationalities, descent. After the revolution, uh, my family took in six or eight of our relatives that fled Cuba. Mm-hmm. And uh, in particular, there's one uh, who's a little older than I am, 70 years old. Um, he came here basically with the shirt on his back. Over the course of time, living here, living in Florida, he rose to great heights. And at this point in time, uh, he, he, uh, he's a, a multimillionaire, maybe a billionaire. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But when he started, um, he came here and he took advantage of, of just about everything, public education, his health, everything, and also work. He started off modestly, and he rose the ladder. At the beginning, I think, just like anybody that says the American dream, you know, will give me this opportunity to get to that. Right. He forgot about it completely. He has forgotten about it. He has grandchildren. He literally has shunted them away from the family because they're progressives, they're Democrats, they worked in elections to try to get people elected in Florida. Uh, so are you saying, Democrats, Michael, when you say that the, the people who are Trump supporters have a problem with memory, that they don't remember all the good things the Democrats have done for America, you know, from Social Security to Medicare to Medicaid to the eight-hour day to un- long-term unemployment insurance to, is that what you're talking about? You know, public no, universities no, not, and education no, no, and not exactly. championing schools? Not exactly. They have chosen to forget that. They have chosen because of their success, their affluence, and the influence that they now have. They have decided to forget all of that. Lay it aside. This is not the world that I'm from anymore. I'm from this world, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to be entrenched here. I'm going to plant my flag here. This is what I believe. There was a book called True Believers, and I read it a long time ago. In the book, I remember similar things that were in that book that I've seen happen within our family because of this overriding, we, you know, we're not part of this anymore. Right. We don't care. We don't donate yeah. to... He's, he's shifted his mindset out of a we society and into believing in the, uh, the ideal of a me society, which has never worked anywhere in the world. A libertarian right. he society. Is the, he is the me society. And I'll tell you, authoritarian in his businesses and everything. When I went to visit, I would go to a bank that he owned, mm. uh, several car dealerships that he owned. And I could see that the employees, when he was there, were really, really just boxed in. Do not create. Terrified. Come up with anything. They're, yeah. Passively terrified, because, yeah. of course, they have smiles on their face, and he's the boss, and, oh, Don Fernando, his name, his yeah. name is Fernando, that's his real name, not his last name. 
So, you know, you you mentioned the rise and fall of the Third Reich. That, to me, is like the Bible, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's an amazing Um, book, and and too many Americans have not read it. I mean, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, it was it was typically part of high school curriculum. I don't think anybody is reading it anymore. I'm guessing in the 80s it got stripped out of our schools along and, with and, all the other reforms. Last, of lastly, yeah. Lastly, he he doesn't he doesn't know Matthew five seven. Yeah. If he read it, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, Michael, thank uh, you. You and your family have have a very healthy and and safe holiday for all of us. But you know, thank you for everything you do, Tom. Thank you, Michael, and, and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever whatever is appropriate for you. Thank you so much for the call, Devin in Houston, Texas. Hey, Devin, what's up? Hey, Tom, how you doing? Great show as always. Thank you. It's on your mind. Um, yes. Um, well, there's a core of the Republican Party that's. Half of it is right-wing nationalism, and the other part are authoritarian neo-Calvinists who want to be ruled by the very rich people we're criticizing. So what I think you have to show them that they aren't the majority. We have to come out in such a wave and crush them politically. I don't think you can show them love or be nice or compromise with them. They see it as weakness. Right. They have to be shown politically that they aren't stronger than us. That, in my opinion, that's the only way to change them. I think you may be right, Devin. And if you look at other cult personalities, you know, and, and other cults of person, personality, for example, the Nazi cult around Hitler, um, the uh, emperor worship cult around Hirohito uh, in World War II, their followers, the, their true believers, uh, did not wake up, as it were, until the movement was just absolutely politically smashed. Now, of course, it was smashed with a war, but but it was smashed, and and they they woke up in a in a disillusioned state. But but that's that's what it took, and uh, I, you know the, the 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 problem that I see is you know in 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 the twenties. You had Harding and then Coolidge and then Hoover all preaching this basically trickle-down economics, Reaganism. They were preaching that the government should be unregulated. You know, Harding ran in 1920 for president on a, on a platform of um, more, more business in government, less government in business. In other words, privatize and deregulate. And, and, and cutting taxes. The top tax rate when he came into office was 91%. He cut it to 25%, just like Reagan did. That ideology during the Roaring Twenties was widely adopted across the United States. And it took the crash of 1929 to wake people up to how toxic the, that Republican ideology was. And as a result, the Republican Party didn't hold the, the United States House of Representatives for more than a, a two-year period twice, but they basically had no majority in the House of Representatives from 1933 until 1995. I mean, you know, three generations, arguably four generations. And they, they had been, the Republican Party had been crushed, had been smashed by, by, the, by the great crash of 1929. When, when um, Reagan came into power, he flipped our party, our, our, our country, both economically and politically, and we have been living in this Reaganism era. It's been even, even a, you know, large aspects of the Reagan agenda were adopted by, by two of our, Democrat, our, two, our two Democratic presidents since then. And it has led to this, you know, to Trump, among other things. 
but yeah. also, you know, it's wiping out the middle class. But but there hasn't been a smashing. I mean, you know, the, the, the Reagan revolution was kind of in the background. It was it was soft. It was largely the result of the Supreme Court in 76 and 78, allowing massive amounts of cash to flow into the political system, which put Reagan into the White House, uh, you know, along with the deal, the illegal deal that he cut with the Iranians to hold the hostages to hurt Jimmy Carter. But, you know, none of that was publicly known until years later. And then when Bill Barr in 92 was attorney general, he covered up the entire uh, Iran-Contra uh, investigation by, by counseling President Bush the elder to pardon, uh, you know, all of the, all of the Iraq, uh, Iran-Contra conspira conspirators. So yeah. Yeah, we so haven't even had another great shock like we had in 1929. Yeah, this like you know, after the Civil War when they were like, uh, yeah. No, don't execute these people. Yeah. Um, not physically execute them, but politically, we have to finish them. You can't just say, okay, okay, those guys learn their, their lesson. No, you have to destroy them. This is the only way to fix it. Welcome back. Tom Harvin here with you and uh, picking up your phone calls, Jane in Joshua Tree, California. Hey, Jane, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom, I got two things I wanted to talk about. Uh, one yeah. is the uh, going back to your original question that you posed about uh, whether the fervent Trump supporters are merely badly misinformed or basically bullies. Um, I would say, obviously, the people like Jim Jordan, the Matt Getzes of the world or the Kavanaugh's, those would be bullies. Um, but I, I, I take the uh, example of my Republican, very political stepmother, and the conversations I've had with her are just, um, I think they're fear-based. Um, I mean, she's been railing against taxation, hmm. and yet she was an ESL teacher teaching, you know, in here in California, teaching, hmm. you know, Hispanic folks. English is a second people. language. Yeah. She was, they loved her. She was lovely. But but she has this odd notion, and I tried to talk to her about, she's got fantastic retirement benefits, wonderful health care, and I tried to reason with her that you wouldn't have this had you not been a California part of the teachers' credit, uh, teachers union, you know, anti-union. So she's been following this for a long time. She follows a guy named Mark Levin, who oh, yeah. says all Democrats hate America. Yeah. And she's just been brainwashed. I mean... She, she, my dad, who was all, was also a Republican, but he was a Harvard guy. I mean, he he loved black jazz. He you know he 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 was a good guy. But by the time they start watching Fox together, I mean, they're both they were both you know they're basically you cannot reason with them. I mean, she admires Pence and Ivanka and 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 that sort of thing. So you know she's good hearted, but just badly misinformed. And I think it's fear based. But you know I I, I don't talk to her that much about it because I always you know, seem like I'm hitting a brick wall. So that yeah. being said, you know, there are the bullies and then there's the badly, badly misinformed. But I wanted to also go back to an earlier caller who talked about C-SPAN, Washington Journal. I'm on a crusade. Washington Journal is three hours a day, seven days a week. This is one of the few spaces in America that we have where we can actually have Republicans and Democrats here, you know, come into the same space together. And I would like to encourage uh, because it, encourage your viewers. We've got to get out there and get the message out. We have so few public spaces where the two come together. 
And I want to tell them, say, hey, if you call Tom Hartman, he'll put you to the top of the, the line, you know, because that's they, they obviously love, you know, love to hear their voice. But, but they are just it's so badly misinformed. The arguments out there are just so poor. I mean, you have a lovely older black woman who's, you know, one of the few people, the black ladies the, touting our side of the story. Um, so that, that that's my mission. I really encourage people to call into Washington Journal and, and, and give our side of the story. We're, we're, we're badly misrepresented. And, okay. and I want to thank you for all you do, Tom. Thank you're, you so You're much. welcome. Thank you, Jane. And happy holidays to you and your family. Stephanie in Hopkins Park, Illinois. Hey, Stephanie, what's up? Talking to some of my friends and, and people that I know, they say that they follow Trump simply because it's like being in junior high. You have the three tables. You have the nerd table, the, the regular people table, and then you have the, the popular kids table. The nerdy table never gets in with any other table, and they feel like Trump is the one from the other tables because they feel like people like Barack Obama was talking big words they couldn't understand and didn't, uh, you know, he went to Yale, so what does he got to Harvard or whatever, what does he got to do with me? But Trump says words like, get him out of here, you know, um, duck that down, and, that's, and they understand those words. And they said they feel finally like someone's in office who, is at the level of what they call the average American person, and they don't want to let go of that because they, because we've dumbed down our education, uh, nobody can understand anybody over a third grade reading level, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think Trump's use of and, profanity actually increases that sense among those people that he's one of them. He's just an average guy. Right, and so this is why they said they've got to stick with him because if they let go of him, they're going to go back to people that don't understand them, that are rich, that go to Harvard. The so-called you know, elites. And, and, and what right. they don't get is that Trump is actually supported by the elites, by the billionaires, by, you know, Robert Mercer and Shelley Adelson and, and uh, you know, his entire party and all his efforts supported by Charles Koch. Um, even but if they you may don't not know that. But yeah. they don't know that because he says... I'm a billionaire, and I funded it all myself. When you try to tell them, oh, no, he had, no, no, he didn't. He said that, that, that he didn't have all the funding, and now that's fake news. So once he put the fake news defense out, that's the end. Everything that's not agree with him is fake news. So, I, can, right. you, I mean, you can show him a picture holding Edelson's hand or, or going to parties with him or whatever, and that's, oh, well, that's fake. Yeah. Well, so, and, and, and Hitler had a word for that. He, he invented this word, uh, Lugenpress, the lying press what we would call fake news. And it, it was one of his major, major uh, political things was attacking the press. And I can't get across to him anymore, so I'll leave him alone. Okay. Stephanie, thank you for the call. <laughs> it's great to hear from you and happy holidays. It is a remarkable time we live in. Listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader.
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.